welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 160 of Another Woodshop Podcast, the only podcast broadcast openly on all CB radios in the area, despite numerous cease and desist letters. I am Peter, and with me, as always, is Daniel Dunlap, and why are they all playing? <laughs> They're just like playing. And uh, <laughs> you guys wouldn't have to hear me read my name and Dan's name if we had an intro. You may have noticed there wasn't really a lot of audio in there, just music uh, or any speaking in there. Um, we are currently looking for someone to do our opening intro. We have some good contenders. Uh, but before we get to that, <clears throat> that we Dan, did. how are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm having a hard time breathing currently. I don't know what. I think I huffed a mosquito or something. Yeah. <laughs> you ever I'm, done uh, that? I'm, um, all the time, all the time. And uh, yeah, I, I got a little frazzled because my audio started all playing all at once. Um, we'll get this down sooner or later. We'll get this down. But we have some great contenders. But before we get to that, uh, I'm going to stall now as Dan pulls up the list of patrons. Oh, yeah. We yes, definitely will figure this out, guys, eventually. Uh, <laughs> but if you are confused about what we're talking about as far as the intro goes, Mike usually would read the little intro. Hello and welcome to another Witch Out podcast. All of our names, our socials, yada, yada. and um, then we'd get into my intro. Now, we don't have anyone doing that because Mike's not on there. So we last week, we just bleeped it, I think, or did crickets. <laughs> nice one, Dan. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, I like that. I like that. And we had some people call in, and we're going to play those in a little bit. Um, Malcolm and Patrick called in. Uh, but if you have a velvety voice, and if you want to be part of AWP history forever, um, <clears throat> despite you know better reason, uh, you can call in and and send us that audio or don't call in record it and then just email it to <clears> us <throat> to another woodshop podcast at gmail.com now i'm done stalling dan yes i'm ready we got two newcomers i think we missed one newcomer last week that's my fault <clears throat> i'm still huffing and puffing trying to get the mosquito out of my throat so I, I apologize there uh we have two newcomers one i missed last week but we did mention his name at the top because he is a vip patron Woo! that is matthew hoff oh, nice. and another new VIP patron is Victor Aragema. I'm sorry if I butcher that, Victor. I I apologize, but he's also Thank a VIP guys. patron. And what about the rest of our top tiers? <clears throat> All our well, wonderful beeps. Well, let me. Uh, nope. I, this is. I'm getting this down. I'm getting this down. Uh, <clears throat> what is going on here? Nope. We might need to stall no, some more. Okay. Well, thank you for those uh, uh, top tier patrons that just joined us. Dan's going to read off the rest of them. And uh, once again, we're going to remind everyone that we are going to be doing, we're shooting for monthly Zoom calls where we're all just going to basically do a happy hour and hang out, have a couple drinks, BS, chat, get to know each other. Um, and we're going to aim for monthly at the very bare minimum. Right. We're going to be doing them quarterly. So if you want to be a part of that, it. it'll be for our uh, top two tier tiers of patrons um and then eventually occasionally we'll do a fully open call as well or we'll do some kind of live or something so dan absolutely and did you mention because i was messing with patreon uh did you mention that we have a poll currently up right now yes go, go. asking which day would work best for you yeah we're trying to figure out if it's going to be uh friday <clears throat> night saturday night or sunday night uh or tuesday at 2 30 <laughs> all right our current vip patrons are as follows victor aragema again i apologize if i butchered that victor matthew hoff nick brim woodworking Woo! welcome back nick matt maynard from patriotic pines steve ayadarola phil plant lead singer of led zeppelin daniel bryson bill burkle 
Malcolm at Bossa Nova Woodworks, Justin Calvary Customs, <clears throat> Kristen Tongue, Christian Tongue, Square Splinter, Michael Flickinger, Scotty Holland, Mike Lydon, Max and Mindy Coons, Alexander Copa Johns, and Jacob Miller is back with the VIP. Wow. 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 The, uh, what do we call them? The, the admirals in the army? The five star. Oh, you're changing it up on well, me. Yeah, well, Some last week be. I kept adding stars. <clears throat> five, so How many stars can I they have? I think we ended up with five star admirals of the okay. AWP Army Naval Man. Fleet. Naval Fleet yeah. now. Cool. Cool, cool, The cool, USS cool. Uh, Our naval fleet uh, <laughs> comprise, is comprised of like John Deere boats and... <laughs> Uh, rickety old shafts Uh, rickety old uh, rafts I mean not shafts you know what if John Deere started making boats today they would already be not like they used to make them (laughs) oh yeah yeah. I think they're just John Deere boats they're just crappy old aluminum boats that some redneck painted green that being said um, if anyone's interested from John Deere (laughs) to sponsor this podcast we're very open to that to changing our minds I mean, I would take a John Deere tractor any day. Let's I would absolutely. I would take a John Deere. Uh, <clears throat> what? What? What else do they have? Do they have other things other than tractors? I would take a John Deere like lawn sprinkler. Have you ever seen those those little tractors that hook up to your hose and they just kind of move with the water pressure? No. I would take one of those. No. So is that like a that? thing? Is that a, is that a Nebraska? Thing? I don't. Maybe I don't know. Oh, yeah. The water the water pressure from the hose like just moves the tractor just enough to. Get it to move around. This is the thing I need to look up. Here I am standing there like an idiot, watering my own grass like a pleb. You need to get a John Deere sprinkler. You know, when I was growing up in Soviet Poland, uh, we didn't even have hoses to water our grass. We had to just. You didn't even have water. You'd go to the sink, you'd fill up your mouth, and you'd run out to the garden and go. (laughs) And then you had keep doing laps. What I find most important there is like you had running water, like in it from a sink. I mean. Uh, didn't you have to like go to the town square Don't, well? I, stop it, man. My friends are going to judge me. I think I'm rich. <laughs> okay. <laughs> was it running? Want I wouldn't say it was running. <laughs> you're, the, you're the Bruce Wayne of Poland. <laughs> Look at all this money. Oh, okay. Got running water. I was like, why Bruce Wayne? Because he's rich. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a billionaire. I thought it was because of my underground bunker because of all the bombs. <clears throat> I thought we weren't supposed to talk about that. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, well, we're before we get to what's on our bench... Uh, we're going to listen to some of these uh, new intros and we want you guys to uh, write in or message the podcast account. Tell us which one is your favorite uh, so far. So we've got three entries. One is from well, actually four. They're from two people and one's a funny one and one is an actual entry. Uh, so why don't we start with <clears throat> Patrick? Uh, I think it's this one right here. So we're going to play this one. This is his uh, very similar to the original intro. Hello, and welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find them both as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. I love it. Love <laughs> it. Very much uh, WWE announcer voice, which is funny because that's the second one he called in with. Or maybe don't play the same one twice, dummy. All right, this one. WWE. <laughs> Hello, and 
welcome to another Woodshop Podcast with Daniel Dunlap from Daniel Dunlap Woodworks and Peter Kapar from Petrie's Workshop. You can find them both as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Let's get started! <laughs> I do like that end, though. It's very nice. That We might have to just work that in somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we could clip that and, and use that in future like broadca- broadcasts. Broadcast, oh yeah, they they get cast pretty broadly. Uh, we're on CB yeah. Radio. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard in the beginning. All right, now we got the one from uh, Malcolm at Boston Nova Woodworks. This is the uh, the real one. Hello, and welcome to another Woodshop podcast with your hosts Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks and Peter Kapar of Petrie's Workshop. You can find Dan and Pete as well as the podcast on Instagram and YouTube. I love it. That's like such a such a like contrasting difference between the one we just heard and Malcolm's like very chill, very relaxed. Yeah, now um, he did have a bunch of bloopers to go along with that, and which I love. I right now I'm on board with just bloopers. The whole <laughs> the whole blooper intro. So uh, let's listen to that now. <clears throat> hello and welcome to another Woodshop podcast. Why did Mike always say hello and welcome to? That seems a little redundant. Let's try again. Welcome to another Woodshop podcast. A show about nothing. Wait, I can't use that. A show about three guys with Mike Caught. No. Welcome to another Woodshop podcast with Daniel Dunlap, the insert king of Sharpie County. That doesn't sound right. Sure. With Daniel Dunlap of Daniel Dunlap Woodworks. Really? We have to say his name twice? And Peter Kapar. Of Petrie's workshop. Is that plural or possessive? Also, what is a Petrie? Did you know that Pete grew up on the mean streets of Eastern Europe? In Soviet Poland, the wood works you. Did you know that Dan won the 1993 Nebraska Spelling Bee by spelling the word measurement? It's spelled differently than it's pronounced. You can find them both on social media and Dan in the Mayo Isle of Menards. It's no wonder Mike left this show. <laughs> Bravo. That's so good. I think just playing that whole thing yeah. will be the new intro. Honestly, we, we, we can get... As of right we now. We get a solid 15 seconds of intro out of that one minute of clips. <laughs> um, thank you so much, guys, for calling in. Those are those are amazing. They made my day. Um, Malcolm sent me that one directly on, on Instagram, and I was about to go to bed, and I was rolling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so as possessive? of right now, this is what we have for intros. If you want your voice to be heard, uh, be sure to email us at anotherwoodshoppodcast at gmail.com with your intro. And keep it to about with your, 15 seconds. Yeah, with your entry into the intro <clears throat> contest. And one thing we were talking about uh, in the pre-show, I think, or maybe in between yeah. the shows, is that maybe changing it up from find us all on Instagram and YouTube to... I don't know, something else that obviously because we're on TikTok, we're on Facebook, so maybe we'll, all the social media Just platforms. Just say all social media platforms. All the yeah. social media platforms. Um, yeah. Our, That'll future proof it too future-proof. because you never know what's going to like yeah. come out of the woodwork. <laughs> I'm blowing up you on like Clapper. <laughs> oh, yeah. Clapper. Jeez. Well, speaking uh, clap of uh, Clapper. <clears throat> what's on my bench? Oh. That's happening. Yeah. And uh, Dan, since you don't have panic in your voice and you sound completely ready, <clears throat> what's on your bench? Uh, basically the same thing as last week. It's nothing real exciting. Um, 
actually, I kind of wanted to talk about, uh, it's not so much burnout, but I don't, I don't know. I go through these little spats where like I get in like a little depressive mode and I have a, I have a hard time pulling myself up off the couch or just getting into the shop. And that's kind of what I've been dealing with this week, which is not good when you're running a business, uh, you know, orders are stacking up and people are waiting for stuff and father's day's coming up. And I assume that some of these orders are probably father's day orders. So I really got to get on my game probably tomorrow because I haven't done anything this week. Um, and it, it, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not looking for, uh, Oh, poor you. It's just, it's just something I deal with once in a while. Uh, I don't know. You just got to kind of work through it. So, Long story short, I haven't done a whole lot this week. I did get to spend some time with some old buddies that I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, that was Snoop fun. D-O-double-G? <laughs> no, he didn't hang out with Snoop Dogg. He just partook. No, I didn't hang out with Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Unfortunately. He he couldn't make it this, Wine this, this year. Wine um, or champagne? Uh, Snoop Dogg makes a champagne <laughs> called 19 Crimes. And, you know, speaking of crimes and <laughs> that's divisible by 19, 38, so number of nine anyway we were toasting to just the world the so <laughs> we, i thought how fitting that uh the champagne is called 19 crimes so i'll, it, I'll get the champagne's this. based on loosely based on martha stewart's career actually it it has a whole like history or something put on the back side of the origin label, story? but I'm, I'm too yeah i'm too drunk to remember i just saw snoop dogg's face i think we need like a dark and, origin story for our podcast <laughs> It's like at the bottom of each podcast, we like started in like the dark days of the pandemic. <laughs> we could, is that something like you could hire out to Cameo? Could you, could you hire We're hiring out to Cameo? Like, we have amazing patrons and listeners that love us and they're famous in our eyes. I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now, I'm kind of, I'm kind of liking the idea of hiring somebody off Cameo. So I'm like, super obscure no name you haven't heard since the 80s type of person like who the hell is i'm telling oh, you man a, the cast of heavyweights the 1995 <laughs> cult classic about a fat camp can i even say fat camp it's 2023 i don't know if what you can no i don't that. think you can i don't think i you think can. it's like body positivity uh camp still camp <laughs> i don't know what you call it these days you can't if you guys have never camp. seen uh heavyweights please watch it Oh, it's a, it's a classic. You're absolutely yeah. right. It's it's. I think it's a prequel to uh, Dodgeball <clears throat> because Ben Stiller. But speaking of Fat Camp, I mean that that's a pretty good summation of my week. Fat Camp. I was I was I was, I was lazy and just feeling down about myself. So and he he hides. I didn't do a whole lot inside his tools. Oh yeah, I I hide snacks all over this place. I hope my wife and daughter don't listen to this. Goes to grab his dado stack. There's like a Snickers bar next to it. <laughs> A box of brownies. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Everybody buys brownies by the box, right? Uh, yeah. Anyway. By the sleeve. <laughs> well, uh, Dan, let's... I don't have a whole lot to share. I mean, if if you want to grill me with something. Yeah, go ahead. Let's, I was, let's have some ther- therapy. Let's talk about your mother. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. No, but the whole burnout thing, dude, I totally feel that some days. No, I don't I don't necessarily call it burnout. I don't it, it, I just go through these stages of whatever like, it is. The lack of motivation, some call it's it not, burnout, some call it you know like cri- yeah. uh, crippling anxiety or like indecision. 
It's a little anxiety too. It, it, I think it's a little anxiety. I do take anxiety medication. I have since 2018. Um, not a lot of people know that. I don't talk about it all the time. But uh, I take a daily pill. I take a daily pill and I take Xanax, Xanax as necessary, which is probably like once a month. My, but I, so I, yeah, I think it's a little anxiety. Yeah, dude, I, I can really relate to that because there's some days that, especially I'm, I'm one of those people that the more I have to do, the longer my list gets and the, like the more daunting yeah. to start the list is the more crippling yes. my, I guess it's anxiety. The bigger the list, the harder it is to start because you're mm-hmm. like, you're so overwhelmed. You don't know where to start. Yeah. It's so over, oh man. And and I know we're not yes. the only ones to deal with this because we've all talked about it. I am, I'm actually pretty open about talking about burnout. I haven't done it as much lately, but um, I used to talk about it all the time on my Instagram and I had some very good receptive answers from the community or people kind of like, yeah, me too. Or yeah, I'm dealing with stuff too. Or, you know, some people just like throw a couple of words of support. It's like, Oh, I'm like not that bad. It's just like, I'm, I'm sad about this or I'm bummed out about this or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, all the stuff that happened with like Binks a couple months ago where she was like not feeling well and like, that's my cat, you know? So I was like all sad and kind of unmotivated because like someone dear in my life and yeah, it was just a cat, but like not doing well, you know, we don't know what. Not to you. It's not just a yeah. cat to you. It might be just a cat to somebody yeah, else. Yeah, it's but a family member, you. you know? So uh, that's the thing. You never know what somebody's dealing with. And uh, I, I actually love when people uh, open up a little bit about, um, you know, mental health and all that stuff uh, in our group because you know, woodworking is one of those things that is always like a manly man thing for men to do. And we're all tough and wood, but like, let's be real. This is something that's open to everyone. Everyone does it. And I don't care if you're a man, woman, whatever, like you're, everyone has sad days, you know, everyone has rough days and everyone sometimes gets overwhelmed. What's, uh, what's Jim Jeffrey say? Every, every now and then everybody gets a little sad. Everybody gets a little sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a real thing. And, and, you know, sometimes you could be like, damn, we talked about this a couple, like a month ago or something where you were getting slammed, absolutely slammed with orders. And yeah. it got to the point of just like, you, you, I think you, the way you described it is like, you were just like going through the motions because the same thing every day. And there was so much to do. That it just felt like every order was literally the exact same thing, and it was just became tedious. It became if you've been yeah. listening long enough, the the stakes, the what do they call them? the 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 stakes that you have to cut like a thousand of. Oh, the survey, survey stakes. stakes. Yes, <laughs> I thought you were like saying, oh, the stakes couldn't be yeah, higher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, the survey stakes. Oh God. Yeah, Thanks where you have to reminder. just do the same thing over and over again, and it does get like that. That's. That's why sometimes like but man I don't when you're good. when you're making that stuff I mean it, it's putting it's putting money in your pocket it's it's putting you know a roof over your head it's it's paying the bills so you you kind of like the mayo gotta on, it's do putting it, mayo on man, bread man it's putting mayo on bread <laughs> everybody knows how important that is so you know you're you're kind of obligated to do it but man is it not it's not feeding your creative side at all which is a big thing for me. The way I would put it is sometimes our hobbies, our careers become jobs for a little bit. Yeah. And it, and I, some of you guys are going to be like nodding right now, listening to this. Like it just becomes a job and you just have to get it done. It's not a project you're enjoying or you're just having a rough week, but like you just got to get it done. It's like, there's a yeah. deadline. There's no boss motivating you. It's you. Your boss's anxiety and uh, bills. that's what was great about having Isaiah in my shop. He, he so even though I was the boss, 
he was still a huge motivator for me. Like even when I didn't want to be out there, I knew I had to be. And I, I just forced myself to be out there. See, and that's that's actually a really good point because like it's not even someone that was like above you that you had to live up to or or live up to their expectation or their deadlines or whatever. It's just the working with a peer, you know, it, it really definitely yeah. gets me like I will do 10% more work, if not more, if I have someone else in the shop with me on top of whatever they're doing. So if I have right. someone helping me out, like when Jake would come over and help me with a project or my neighbor Joe and like I'm we're getting like. 250% of work done because we're both way more motivated than if we were there by ourselves, kind of taking our time, watching some TV, you know, getting distracted or whatever. So it's always nice to have someone there backing you up. That's That was my whole evil plan about Emma, you know, coming on. It's like, <laughs> it, it was, I, I'm, you know, I keep openly saying this, that I need her to be my boss. I need her to tell me what to do. Like she's getting integrated into everything now. We're working together and we're getting, anytime we sit down to, to work together, it might only be for an hour or two hours every other day. Uh, right now is like, she's now almost done completely with uh, teaching just one more day of teaching. Um, but the thing is like those two hours, that one hour, whatever we're getting like a week's worth of work done. Something that would take me a week to get done because I keep putting it off because it's tasks that I need help with or I just need to get motivated with or whatever. Uh, it's really nice to have someone there backing you up. You know, um, yes. that's why it's it's good to 100%. have a support system. So if you if you see someone struggling with a project or whatever, like just give them a kick in the butt or hold them accountable or motivate them or talk to them because like we could all use that little little motivation sometimes because this stuff gets tedious occasionally. You know. And then the other thing I'm kind of dealing with right now is uh. I'm currently, I'm like 99% done with this farmhouse table. Right? And I realize previous host probably would have knocked it out in two or three days, but I'm not the previous host. I'm, He's not the man you used like to be. I'm not, <laughs> I'm 99% done with this table, right? Uh, I've got the top done. The top is gorgeous. It's going to be amazing. I have to put a, uh, a leaf in this table. So I'm at the point right now where I have to cut everything down the middle. And for for some reason that has given me a hell of a lot of anxiety because I've I put so much time into this table, the top and the base, and you know the top alone cost. I'm out of pocket on the top alone like five six hundred bucks, Damn. and you, you know dealing with that big oak door that I did a while back, which didn't end well. Uh, I ended up having to remake that thing. You remember that? Uh, I'm <laughs> a little I'm a little I'm a little gun shy. I'm a little wood shy as as it were. Of having to cut this thing in the middle. So, uh, I need just get on the horse and, and do it. So anyway, woe is me that apparently that was my work. My what's on my bench. Woe is me. Um, I mean, you were busy all what week. What about you? You still did stuff. It's just like, there's nothing that like <clears throat> jumped off the page. Nothing, nothing really to brag home about, I guess. Right home, right home, right home about, right home about, right home about? <laughs> brag about. Yeah. Anyway, just standard week. What about you, buddy? Um, I was like thinking, like, what did I do this week? Because first of all, we're recording on a Wednesday. Um, so because well, I guess I'll start with that. Uh, we're recording on yes, a Wednesday please. because tomorrow on Thursday I am. He's getting his surgery. I am going into surgery to get all four of my wisdom teeth removed because I waited oh, till it was too late. I misunderstood your surgery. Oh no! Okay. <laughs> Good old add a deck to me. Um, <laughs> but I'm getting um. One of my wisdom teeth, uh, all my teeth are impacted if 
you know what that means. Basically, they're growing in sideways, pushing up against the other teeth. And I've been putting off getting them taken out for like a decade now. And one of them apparently, apparently within the last couple of months cracked and they actually pulled Ooh. out a couple of pieces while I was in for a cleaning. They're like, you got to get this thing out now. So like, cool, great. This sucks. So tomorrow I'm going in for surgery. I'm going under. Apparently it's going to be like a 45 minutes to an hour. And then, um, they're not just taking out the one they're taking out all, all four, four right? at once. I mean, might as well if you're going to That's That's what I said. Just uh, get them all out of here. So uh, I got to get that done. So I must take me tomorrow. But And she's going to record every moment. She yeah? is going to lose her phone. Uh, oh, come on. Passcode. <laughs> but, um, the world needs to see Loopy Pete. And if you see Loopy Pete once a week on the pre-show. <laughs> I mean, uh, loopier. Yeah. Or, or, or towards the end of a podcast recording when I've maybe hit the beer a little too hard. Um, so aside from that, like I was kind of thinking, like, what did I do this week? I was busy all weekend. Emma had her last or second to last show, but last show at the big studio that she's been with for a very long time. So I went to watch her kids perform. Um, and that was, that was my Sunday, but Saturday I was actually in Connecticut with, uh, KJ Sawdust, Keith Johnson, uh, for like all day we were doing, um, I think I've heard of him. Yeah. Floating. Uh, he was installing these floating shelves in, if anyone follows him, he, uh, up and coming account. You should check him out. Uh, if you've been following him, he did those like massive walnut desks for a podcast studio and office with those like tambour legs. Yeah. Um, that's the space we were in. So we were in like the podcast studio that has like this purple padding all over the walls that matches the, the legs that the, the, the tapers that he put on the tambour. So we actually had to pull that off, find studs, get everything. He had these custom brackets done uh, and it was in a corner. So we needed to like brace off the side as well. And we, for hours, were working. We finally get the first shelf in perfect level. Everything's cut nicely. Uh, and I look at my my watch and it's like, oh, it's, uh, it's 12 o'clock. We just got one in. So we literally left there at like 5.30, but they looked gorgeous and flawless. We we cut into foam around it, back, put it back on a wall. So it just looks like they're just coming out of the wall and they're rock solid and they look gorgeous. And he did a great job on it. Uh, I got to help him out. Uh, that was a fun day just hanging out. And you know, it's it, it was one of those fun experiences of like, wow, we've been like, going through this whole thing, which like all these things were going wrong and we kept trying to fix things and working around each other and helping each other out. And eight hours in, we did not want to kill each other, which is like big. I literally was telling, like, I, I, I uh, jokingly sometimes would be like, wait, am I your Craig? Like, um, Jason Hibbs is, uh, yeah. Craig, <laughs> backup guy. I'm like, wait, am I your Craig? So, uh, you know, it was kind of nice to like, you know, because Keith and I have been working more and more uh, on little projects. I help him out with stuff. He sometimes comes over and just watches me do nothing. Um, but it's it's good to know that like I can I can work with this guy for all day and not want to kill each other. So it's like if we ever work on a project together, we're not going to be down each other's throats, which is nice. <laughs> so, um, so that was my Saturday. Got all that done uh, Sunday of the show. This week, we're just kind of getting a lot of stuff ready with Emma coming on because I've had her since uh, Monday, really. She hasn't been uh, teaching. Monday, she had a boat showing. That's a long story. Um, have to show a boat with her dad because we sell boats too now on the side. <laughs> um, but today, we knocked out a bunch of listings. So we we put up 12 new Etsy listings uh, this week, wow. which is awesome. We're on a race to 100. And as soon as we hit 100, I'm going for 200, 
I'm gonna try to double and just go start throwing up projects up there. Next, we're gonna be <clears throat> focusing on some digital files. So again, it's one of those things where like, once you have someone with you, suddenly your list starts getting cleaned up real fast. Cause like, you're just knocking stuff out. Unfortunately, I'm getting to that point in my list where every task on there is like Peter in front of a computer designing and working on something that only Peter can do, which kind of sucks. You know, it's like if Caleb, excuse me, if Kayla was backing you up with a bunch of stuff, administrative, whatever, and then you suddenly got into like all the CNC custom projects you have to do, like she literally can't help you in any way, you know? So I'm kind of getting to that point. And one of our questions, um, I think from, no, from Toma, um, talks about why this stuff has kind of been put on a back burner. So, um, been working on that. And then, um, oh, and then yesterday, uh, my buddy Carmine was here. We started, we ripped out a bunch, most of the cab, actually all the cabinets out of the uh, sprinter van that we've been working on. And we started oh, yeah. building out new cabinets. So we're going to be putting in a new floor, all that, uh, planning out the electrical for the actual cabin. Uh, so the fridge went in yesterday, the cabinet for that. We still just need to put faces on that. And then we're going to start going counterclockwise and putting in all the, the, the benches and whatnot. So I'm pretty excited. And then something I, I have in my head, but I still need to like design is, I want to turn the bed because right now it's like, basically it's a futon mattress in there. So it folds up easily. So when he's like hanging out in there, he has to like pull up the back of it and like jam it up against the back door. So he's got like a couch situation. Uh, but that's a pain in the butt to do each time. So we're going to try to do some kind of like sliding. Like when you push it back, it'll actually like ride on a rail up and create almost, you know, like basically like a couch and then lock in somehow. So almost like, like a futon does where you can like fold it up straight or flat. I don't know, but I got to design some kind of track for it and uh, fit it in there and see if we can get it to actually work out. So I'm excited to try that out. Um, but that's kind of been my week. Um, I guess let's jump into questions. Right? Yes, please. Yeah. Wait, do we, yeah. do we have a jingle for questions? Oh, I have like a brain. Um, I don't think we do. No, we do not. Uh, all right. Well, first question is from Jake of the Miller Band Boys. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jake from A Sweet Shop. And uh, calling in because I'm actually building a or starting to build a new assembly table uh, for my shop. And wanted to kind of see what your guys' thoughts were on P-Track versus dog holes. Um, I'm not 100% sure which way I want to go. I know both have their, uh, you know, their pros and cons, but just wanted to see what your guys' thoughts were. Thanks. Great question, Dan. I am a fan of both. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to redo my assembly table one of these days, and I'm going to add both T-Track and dog holes to my, my assembly table whenever I get around to doing that, whenever that may be. Um, for a couple of reasons. I, I feel like they both serve different purposes. I mean, you know, granted, you could probably argue that you could get the same things out of both things, but I feel like t with T-Track, you know, it can only hold so much before you start putting so much pressure on the T-track, rather like upwards pressure or sideways pressure, before it wants to rip out. As with the dog hole, I feel like it's way more robust and can take a, a, a more of a beating than T-track. So I, I feel like they both have a decent purpose. So I would, I would, if I could, and I will someday, I would do both. My simple little answer there. Pete, what do you think? 
I'm I was never a huge fan of T-Track and that's probably mainly because I've used it a lot in the past in jigs where like you're not going into a table, you're going into a jig, something that's getting moved around. So you're you're hollowing out just a little bit um out of like a three quarter inch sheet. And then what are you left with? Like half inch. And then you put a screw right. into that. That screw is not going to hold that much. You know, no, I, you know, and I already yeah. see, I already see the problem on my CNC because I use T track on my CNC and o- over time using it over time, I, you could see where the, the screws wanting to pull out a little bit and the T track is not exactly flat anymore. Mm-hmm. It's got some waves in it. And when you try to move the, the, the clamp thing, mm-hmm. the inline clamp, um, you could, you could feel where it gets caught because the T track isn't flat anymore. It's got hills and valleys and stuff. So. Yep. So I totally agree. That's like, I think T-Track's amazing. It's really nice to have. Um, it's not for heavy hold. I don't personally find it good for heavy hold downs, but it might just be the type of yes. T-Track I've used. I do love it for, uh, for fences and for little guide rails or whatever. Like it's pretty dang good. Uh, but to me, like when I was, when I went from doing like framing or whatever to actual woodworking, one of the first benches I learned on was just a old bench that was like slapped together out of you know pine four by sixes or whatever that was like hand plane down and just dog holes drilled out they weren't even spaced out perfectly or whatever they were just in there and there's just something about like how solid it feels now the thing is a lot of times people are like a tso tso table what's the uh festival table the M- uh, mft i knew it was three letters the mft table you know it's great but like that you can use a lot of uh dog hole accessories in there but you can't use something like the the hold downs that you have to like you tap on top to like hold down your piece because you really do need enough meat in the table to yeah, like that you need like four or five inches yeah of, to, of to actually can the inside in there so that's something to consider as well now um the last thing is and this isn't like a big problem one way or the other but what's underneath that tabletop jake because if you do dog holes, all your dust is falling straight down. So if you're storing tools or whatever in that table or underneath it, the dust is always just like falling on top of that when it's going in the dog hole. So that's something to consider too for just like cleanliness. Whereas a T-Track, you'll, it's sitting on top and you vacuum it out and whatnot. So, But here's the thing. You have a wood shop. Yeah. There's going to be dust. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you're always worried about, oh my gosh, where's dust going to get? Your worries will never end. Yeah, it's your dust is everywhere in a in a wood shop. You, 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 just something you got to live with. And honestly, if listen, Jake, I know you don't like to do things small. When you do things, you do them once and you do them right. Um, do both. Do dog That's holes. Do dog holes, and then run a track. Honestly, you can throw a sheet on your CNC, cut it out, cut out all the dog holes on you, and just layer two sheets together or something. Laminate them. Get a nice, you know, nice set of dog holes, and then just round them out. I think that's the best way to do it. Why not just, you know, why limit yourself to one thing if you can have both? I use dog holes. I'm pretty used to them. Um, But, oh, with dog holes, I will say that you want some kind of vice on the side of your your table that has a pin that pops up so you can actually clamp things up against the dog holes without having to set Like a moxie vice. vice. Yeah. Um, But even like a cheaper, like I have a regular cheap vice and it's got one of those pop-up blocks and i'm able to press wood together up against the uh the dog hole so that's something to consider uh but i'm a yes. fan of both dude 
I agree. I'm excited to see how you build it. And then uh, Jake was also nice enough to write in a bonus question. He's like, hey, are you guys starving for questions? I was like, never. No, we're not that desperate. Please call in. So he sent in another one. All right, guys. So it's Jake from a sweet shop with the bonus question of the week. I see a lot of uh, a lot of other woodworkers out there using dial indicators and trying to do everything they can to get their their saw set up dead on um, or their blade set up dead on with the table. And one of the things I was thinking about was as long as it's reasonably close, does it really matter? And the reason I'm bringing that up is, is me personally, I feel like human error um, just running a board through the table saw is going to create way more, uh, way more than a few thousandths of an inch as far as, you know, your actual cut size. So just wanted to see what you guys thought and um, see, you know, if, <clears throat> if you guys are as particular about that as some others or, you know, if you're <clears throat> just kind of like, eh, let's wing it and get it reasonably close and hope for the best. Dan? I'm of the belief that getting it reasonably close in woodworking is good enough. Uh, like the great Jimmy Duresta has said, if it looks straight, it is straight. And you could take that a lot of ways. Uh, I do think it's important to get uh, your, so like table saw. I think it's important to get your table saw blade and your arbor aligned perfectly with your fence for safety reasons. Mm. Um, if, if your blade is cammed a little bit towards the fence or something like that, you, you know, you're looking at a kickback opportunity. So there, I think you should, you should really pay attention to that. But as far as squareness, I'm not looking to get, you know, within one or two thousand. So I'm, man, if it's close with my gauge, my square that I have that I use, it's good enough for me. As long as I can see that it's square, I'm not busting out a, a dial indicator. I'm not doing the five cut method and using feeler gauges and all that stuff. Because like you said, one little tiny bit of human error will, you know, negate all that, all that work that you've done. One, one tiny bit of like dust buildup will negate that. So I'm of the belief that, you know, you do it good enough. And as long as everything kind of has that same uh quote unquote misalignment you're you're probably good i mean <clears throat> if it's within like a hundredth of an inch or three hundredths of an inch or whatever it is which one of those is bigger one hundredth is is smaller anyway numbers are hard i'm the math guy <laughs> um <laughs> yeah uh, I think it's fine. Uh, you know, no, no disrespect to guys that that want to do that. You know, if, if if that's their thing and that makes them happy and it brings them joy, you know, I say go for it. But I don't find it necessary. What about you, Pete? Um, I would say if it's good enough for government work, it's good enough for me. No, that's not actually uh, what I say. But you know, people joke around at government work is just, just get it good enough and then uh, close out the ticket. But the reality is it's kind of both, you know, there's certain things like if I'm trying to do some joinery, I'm trying to get those suckers tight and I don't like to see daylight if I can avoid it. 
Um, right. But then there's times like the fact that we're even talking about this means we care more than the average bear because like there's plenty of cutting boards I've seen or furniture I've seen or or just projects that I've seen that like I look at it and I go, how did this ever leave the shop? Or I'll touch it and it's like rough. <laughs> like was this even sanded? Oh yeah, we we all do that. We all there's a yeah. there's a certain restaurant that I go to uh with local guys here uh <clears throat> for lunch occasionally. And Casey's the first time we have no it's called Dirty Birds. It's the greatest fried chicken on the planet. Uh I'll prove you wrong. Anyway, uh You're on. their tables whenever you whenever we went there the first time, I thought I always feel the underside of tables, oh, especially if they're they're wood, you know. And they weren't, you know, finished. They weren't sanded. Nothing on nothing the bottom. Nothing drives me more the insane tops, than the unfinished The top looks bottom. great, but I, I put my hands on the on the bottom and I noticed it was unfinished. And I was just like, oh, man. And I was trying to, like, pimp my own business. And I was it – was, it was the first time we were there and they, they were just recently opened, I think. And I was trying to talk to, like, the manager – and, you know, I was trying to get to the point where I was going to give them my card and say, hey, if you ever need anything else. But it turned out that, like, the manager's grandfather made these tables. And I was like, ah. The manager's blind grandfather? <laughs> I didn't want to, like, trash the guy's grandpa. Ah, oh, your grandpa's a shit woodworker. No. Anyway, I think we're a little off track. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, but, yeah, no, I think, yeah, there's there's certain things that. Again, joinery, things that you want to try to match up perfectly um, or it's something that's going to be very vi- visible or you're almost like trying to prove a point. You want a nice tight joint on a miter uh, or you're doing like a X frame legs, like a half lap joint or some kind of more intricate joinery and you really don't want to see daylight. A lot of this stuff you can fix, fix in post, you know, a little glue, a little sanding and you're good. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes you're just trying to get get it perfect. And at the end of the day, like wood moves and yep. there's a really good chance that you're gonna get that joint perfect whatever deliver and then like see it like three months later and it's gonna be a gap it can happen i mean it will happen <laughs> depending on where it is um or the opposite there's times that things will like check or expand <clears throat> or something uh we actually went with uh you know with when i went with keith we we're looking at like the desks and he had tons of like stabilization that he had to do to these slabs because there were like little hairline cracks and spots and he like he saw something from like across the room like what he's like i stabilized the heck out of that and he just like walked away I'm like what are you talking about and i like touched it and yeah it was like ever so slightly raised where the epoxy was in there because it like the wood expanded with humidity and and just moved a little bit and you could feel it but like you I, I didn't even I wasn't even looking for it. So it's something that like we see if we care, but most people are never gonna notice that kind of stuff. So <clears throat> basically I as far as dialing in your tools, yeah, you want to dial in your tools as best as you can. I think Dan hit it on a nose though, on a head, whatever. Uh it's very much for safety. Last thing you want is a blade binding or you know, polish up your cast iron because there's nothing less safe than like trying to force a piece of wood through a cut. Because it's getting yeah. caught up on literally on the cast iron. You want it like butter. You want to be able to slide it through without any effort. Um, I mean, I've heard of people like waxing their blades or their, their riving knife too. Or waxing your fence. Which I used to do. I haven't done in a long time. Uh, one of the things for me was like, I was just like forcing these boards through the joiner. Taking light passes a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, what is 
happening. And then I realized the cast iron just completely was like rough to the touch. As soon as I buffed it, it was like butter. So I think maintenance is very important, but you don't always have to kill yourself for these perfect cuts or perfect jokes. Yeah, I, I took Jake's comment and question or question as like, if let's say you're building a uh, crosscut sled, how close to 90 do you get it? Do you break out the filler gauges and do the five cut method and, and do that whole hubaloo or do you just get it close enough? Uh, and I'm of the close enough uh, camp. I, I, this, which is right next to the fat camp, <laughs> fat camp, uh, heavyweights. Um, <laughs> uh, um, so the one thing that stuck to me uh, a couple of months ago, uh, some other podcast, uh, sounds like shop noise or whatever, or something like that. Shop noise, shop noise. Yeah. Uh, it was Keith and Jason and Jason was, uh, they had like a patron thing where he actually was in the UK and was working on a project with one of their patrons and, Oh yeah, he he was working on the project and they were measuring two millimeters because uh, the you know Soviet UK. Soviet UK yeah they're East, you know Europe um, and they're measuring two millimeters and and Jason was like I'm used to going to like the thirty second at least or something and the guy was like we go to millimeters here we don't really do fractions and and that's that's kind of true like you don't need to go more less than a millimeter you know like. A millimeter is what, like a sixteenth, roughly, something like that. It's like you don't need to kill yourself. This stuff's gonna match up pretty nicely. One example I'll give you is where you don't need to really kill yourself. Let's say you're working on a tabletop and you're getting all your joints and everything looks tight, and then you're seeing a little bit of a gap. Run those boards through the joiner. Well, guess what? You might be pressure putting pressure on the front or the back end of that joint, and when you put those boards together, oh great, perfect joint. But then if you measured, you might be like a sixteenth or or eighth off on from the front to the end of the table uh so like it's okay no one's going to feel that unless it's like a major thing that is very visible no one's really going to notice don't kill yourself and especially if you are having to deliver a lot of projects and a lot of products like you are you know you're you're good enough is probably way better than 50 percent of the people out there for their top level work that's probably that's probably true I've seen Jake's yeah, work. He does great. A good work. solid work. Uh, good question though. Questions plural. The last one is from a gentleman in France, um, and I think this is it. Oh, come on, kid. There we go. Gator, don't play no shit. That is not it. Oh, that, that's that's the, not it. Sorry, <laughs> it moved on me. Is this French? Is this French? Is this French? Is this French? Hey guys, I was wondering if and how do you integrate R&D into the price of your products? Like bit when you make a new sender holder, for example, you have to print several prototypes, which might use a lot of filament and the cost add up in the end. And I guess it's the same for you, Dan, on the, on the CNC, like for, I don't know, for example, a new zero clearance insert or whatever needs to be the prototype. All right. Bye, guys. I love this question so much. How much does R&D, research and development, go into the the pricing of your products, Pete? I love this question. Thomas, this is such a good question because I can finally explain to everyone that's pitched an idea to me in the last 
year why I haven't done it yet. Um, and, and I'm literally looking at my to-do list, the thing we talked about earlier, the daunting to-do list. And there's literally things on here that have probably been on here for months to a year, like design rigid tool holders for Sailor C. Uh, and there was another thing was design, uh, or do some samples of maker coins for Jake. There was another one. There's like all these different things. And I put which maker, um, I'm making them for, so I don't forget Ed Mancini special holder for the TSO, like literally a list of items that I need to design. And this is just some of like the probably a hundred of hundred pitches that I've gotten in the last year. And the thing is, a lot of times people reach out to me with an idea for something that I could potentially sell, but it's really just like, it's for them. Like they're asking because they want it and it could potentially be useful and something I could sell. Um, but a lot of times for me to sit down and design it, it's, it's hours of work with 3d printing or even with woodworkings, it's hours of labor to actually create the product. In this case, it's printer doing it, not me, but still I have to wait a couple hours each time before I can test the item and see that it doesn't fit and what I have to adjust and whatnot. So a lot of these projects just get put on a back burner for when quote unquote, I have time, which is a, a joke we all tell each other. Uh, when I have time, I'll work on this thing. So the things that tend to get prioritized is things that uh, I know that I can make money on almost immediately. And this goes back to my whole concept of like, I am trying to make money as efficiently as possible in my business. I could be making a lot more items, but a lot of these items would not be making me a lot of money back. Uh, and it's not worth for me to have 150 items that I sell a lot of 30 of them, you know, and have all these little things that I need to hold some kind of inventory for or hold a file for, always make sure I have stock of material for. So R&D is important. And there's times that people reach out to me and they just need something done. And uh, if, if a customer or someone's pitching an idea and they need this thing, I'm charging them design time. And my design time is anywhere from 50 to $75 an hour. Um, I've done more too, depending on what the job is, but about 50 to $75 an hour for the design. If I have to get into fusion, model it, get it right. And then send it to them for approval. Uh, that is getting worked into the price. Um, that being said, if it's something simpler, I kind of wave that and just kind of like, whatever I can get away with it. Um, but yeah, that's, it's definitely getting worked into the price. Um, but I also, I'm, I get very excited about things like, you know what? This would be great. Like, I do want to make this. Uh, and I was like, one of the things was the, uh, the sander holders. Cause I wanted to hang up my Merca somewhere. I was like, you know what? I should design this. And they're actually been one of my best sellers in a, in a long time or the backdrop stands that I design, uh, and 3d printed. Those really sell really, really well. And I wasn't expecting them. I made them for myself for doing photography and it's before of like products. So. It, so let me ask you yeah, this, please. uh, those things that you wanted to make that are doing well has the research and development that you put into those has that affected the price that you put on those pieces at all not for the long run if it's something that's uh, like hits the store and i sell up a, a bunch within the first you know let's say week or two or a month even within the first month i consider that like well worth it that is time invested and it's going to keep and it's it lives there now i have the product and it, it sells um, 
it's more of just like the ones, the one-offs. The one-offs is where, where it really hurts. When somebody's having me design something from scratch, um, I, you know, with woodworking, sometimes you have to charge for the material and prototype. And this is why we always talk about, you got to do 50% down. And like one thing, um, you know, like Mike was never shy about charging for design time. And that's what we should be doing because it, this stuff does, you know, people think like, oh, just a quick or a simple blah, blah, blah. But like, no, that's, you got to draw it up. You got to measure it. You got to figure out how the material is going to come together. That it's, it's a solid hour to several hours to figure out a project. Like Dan's put hours of just design time in his head or on paper into the table, like the table he's working on. You know, because he's got to figure out the leaf. He's got to figure out the joinery. He's got to figure out how everything's going to come together, what kind of hardware he's using, how he's delivering it. Like all that is is time that he, you know, if he wasn't charging for that in the price, <clears throat> um, he's potentially right. losing out on money. But Dan, what's your, what's your input on that? Well, I'm I'm coming that at this from like, uh, I, f- I feel like Toma is asking, you know, about the pieces that we sell a lot of in bulk. Like, I'm not the one-off pieces. So, uh, I, I assume he's wanting to know about research and development for things like I saw a lot of the zero-clearance inserts and stuff. And those have taken time uh, out of my life to make sure that they're correct. But I don't feel like the amount of time I spend on them, which may be an hour or two, three hours, maybe four hours, who knows. But it's it's hours. is Is enough to justify putting that into the price of that item once mm-hmm. that I, I list it and try to sell it in bulk. That, that's a good point. Uh, I think making stuff like if I, that you're going to sell, yeah, it's I'm a sunk cost of doing Right. Business. I'm just the guy in his garage. If I was a big conglomerate, you know, spending hours and hours and hundreds of hours on research and I had a whole team of people, you know, I wouldn't, I'd want to recoup that money somehow. But it's just me in my garage taking measurements on things and, uh, you know, spending a couple hours here and there on it. So... I don't let that stuff affect my prices at, at all. But if you had um, a client come at you with an idea, but a one-off thing, yeah, like you're talking about, um, I'm actually, I'm absolutely going to charge for my time. I mean, that's just, that's just the way the world works. But as far as the, my products go, no, I don't, I don't let research and development uh, have any, any bearing on my prices at all. Yeah, that's a good question. I think. Dan summed it up a lot better than I did, which is basically like for these things that we sell all the time, it's a sunk cost. It's it's cost of doing business. Yeah. You have to do it to continue doing what you're doing and it pays for itself in the long run. It's an investment. It absolutely it's an investment of should. time. Whereas if you're doing it for a client, that's part of the job because you're not right. going to, unless it's something that like you can, like there's things that I've, I've not charged design time for things for people uh, like the, the, that's what the clamp thing for uh for the festival clamps the little green thing that goes on the back of it yeah to hold it in place that was an idea by sedge i probably sent him like 40 of those things at this point like that was a sedge idea like i'm he just pitched it and i was like you know it's kind of good work because i get the problem and like there's times that someone's pitched me an idea and not only did i not charge him for the time i sent him the free thing because it was something that was really smart and i got money like i made money on it you know, I understand where Tomas coming from here. Um, but yeah, I mean, think about this, like a big pharma company, they spend millions and millions of dollars on research and development of like a, Say like a little a blue pill, pill that helps a little blue pill. Yeah. Yes. 
obviously they're going to want to recoup that money. And then they have like, what do they have? Like they got 20 years of, of patent rights or maybe it's 25 to help them recoup their money. Uh, and they're, you know, they, they have an upcharge on their product. And then after that 25 years, everybody in on the planet can make generics of that yeah. and, and charge way less because that company already did the research and development. You know, you, but yeah. we're not, we're not that type of company. We're, we're just small little blips on the map. I mean, we're not even blips, small little specks of dust, you know, oh, so like dust our research and development is like. It, we're talking like maybe a hundred bucks, maybe two hundred bucks on a product. That's just you're just going to eat the cost of that, yeah. in my opinion. But you know, think of other companies that started out as kind of like a guy figuring it out. Like Onefinity was just a dude that like. I'm was sure like, as you grow as a company, yeah. you're going to want to look at things like that. And w- as you grow, everything grows, yeah. not just your product line, but your teams and everything else. So yeah, that's probably something you got to look at as you grow as a company. Yeah. So good question though. Yeah. This uh, prototyping is, it's, it. it's hard because there's so many ideas out there you want to put into place, but it's, it's all time. Time is the biggest and thing. And it, it could be fun. Oh you yeah. Know, if you got time for but it, then there's times I, that, I enjoy it when I do have fun, I time for when it. When you talked about like burnout and stuff, like I'm currently on design burnout. Not, well, we didn't talk yeah. about burnout. We just talked about not, no motivation. I have no motivation for designs right now. And I feel really bad because there's stuff that I really, really want to do and get done. I just like, I'm just not feeling it right now. You know, I'm yeah. focused. My brain's in a different place and I'm trying to get, get more focused right now. But I think yeah. my problem is like, I want to be doing all these other creative things, but I need to be doing these monotonous things that aren't that fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm having an internal struggle with like, you have to do this, but if you do the other thing, you're going to feel bad because you're not doing the thing you're supposed to be doing. So like, I don't know what to do. So I just don't do anything, which is probably bad. I... No, let me, let me uh, rephrase that. It's bad. bad. No, it's bad. Dude, I don't, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> well, that's why it's so important to schedule some time for yourself to just like have fun or work on stuff you want to work on over stuff you need to work on. Like right now, Carmine's van is my escape from reality. Like working on that, I'm really enjoying it. And it's not even for me. But it's something that like that, is... That does look fun. It's something yeah. I've always wanted to do. I think do. it's just cool and it makes me feel really happy. And the, the way his face lights up when he sees like progress on the, on the build, it just like makes me feel good. And and it's something different that I like, oh, yeah, like it's got to work around curves and do like funky stuff with it. And I got to figure out solutions. Uh, it's like more fun than like sitting there in front of a... CAD program and trying to design something right now. So I'm enjoying my little escape from reality. Amen. Yeah. Um, and women. And we're inclusive here. Amen. A, a, a women. <laughs> wow. That is the most uh, equal opportunity thing Dan's ever said. Anyway. Anyways. Uh, do we have any other questions? No, that's, that's, is that that's it? kind of it for questions. Um, wow yeah well i mean that's too bad listen, there's a third one third less conversation we're still heading an hour so that's pretty good i think we're doing all we're right, doing all right. <laughs> we're doing, we're good. doing good um yeah like we talked about in the top of the show if you want to help us get our intro back in line and you have a velvety voice or you want to be heard on the radio and you want to tell your mom and dad that you're famous 
send us an in, uh, a new intro in your voice. You know, you can you don't have to say the same words that we had before. You can come up with something else. We just kind of want you to hit the, all the points. Uh, you know, you can find all our social medias on all the social medias. See, I'm not say good at this names either. And yes, there we go. Names, the podcast name, and where you can find just us. A quick I mean, ASL that's basically in there, age, sex, location. Yeah, <laughs> where we're at. Oh, that brings me back. <laughs> anyway. What else, Pete? Uh, nothing. And then we're going to have some uh, guests coming up. We're uh, currently in the process of scheduling. We wanted to do a couple episodes just solo to get in the groove of things. Uh, and I think we're doing well. I think, I think we're in a good groove. Some kind of groove. Um, it's, is this? I think one could argue this is more of a dado. I was thinking more of a rabbit. Oh. Rebate? No, rabbit. Oh. Isn't that what they call it over across the pond? A rebate? A rebate plane? A rebate? You use a rebate rebate plane? <laughs> yeah. They don't call it a rebate over there. I think they I thought they call it a rebate, not a rabbit. Eleven no eleven percent rebate. <laughs> this, is, this is getting off the T track. Uh, hey, oh my hey, there, there you go. Yeah, you like off that? Off the T track. Hey. There you go. Um well thanks. Oh, there's a show title. Thank you for joining us, everyone. We will see you all next week. Um Next next week. And a big thank you to our patrons as always. Yes. And next week we were one hundred percent be on Thursday unless something changes. <laughs> uh Dan, let me know about Thursday. But I'm like ninety seven percent sure we're gonna ninety seven for sure percent sure that he's gonna be here on Thursday. So we'll see. If not, it'll just be a one man show. Kidding, I can't do this by myself. Um I'd like to see you try. I I'm not even gonna attempt. We may or may not have a guest next week. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Tune in to find out. Okay, love you all. Bye, 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 bye. (laughs) All right, see you next week. Love you a long time. Price is wrong, bitch.